you know that saying, if you're a pro, you should get paid for being good at what you do, and that's what mean, being a professional is? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. This podcast has one simple goal, to change the conversation around recruiting, employer brand, and hiring. Simple as that. The only way we can do that is by making this a 100% no-pitch zone, meaning no one's making any money, no one's giving any money, nobody's sponsoring anything. So please come join us, come learn, come engage in this conversation, come grow our industry with me. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at The War for Talent, or you can look at our website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Uh, this is round two of me recording this because the first time... I feel like even for me, I was rambling, so hopefully you're going to benefit from a round or take two. Uh, some quick housekeeping. Uh, you can find me if that's the sort of thing you want to do. You can find me at ERE next month and two months from now and RecruitCon the month after that. But next podcast, a week from now, um, is a big one. We're, we had a big idea. I say we as if there's multiple people in my head. No, I had a big idea, I think. Um, I vetted it with some people. They thought, you know, that's a thing. Um, so I, I, I'm producing it um, and, and publishing it alongside ERE. So you will see, if you need to see the article, and I think there's an element that's visual, you should go take a look at the, you know, get ready for that. It'll be published at ERE.net at the same time. So that's kind of a cool thing next week. There you go. So that's the housekeeping. For this content, though, I got to say thank you to three people. Uh, first off is David Salinger for um, having a back and forth with me on Twitter and, and reminding me that this is a good topic and this is something we should talk about. And that conversation was sparked by a uh, podcast, uh, a social recruiting show, Audra Knight and uh, Katrina Collier. They were talking to someone from Aspen Dental, whose name I've blanked on, and I apologize. And I kind of had an idea, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And I threw it on Twitter, and, and David Salinger pops up, and he starts, you know, we start kicking the tire back and forth, and that was a lot of fun. So thanks to them for kind of getting this thing started. So yeah, professional candidates, that's the title. But really, it's about this concept that here, let's take two steps back. Let's let's look at the magical world that is American collegiate football. Bear with me. Trust me. Bear with me. So you know, or you may or may not know, uh, here in the States, we have uh, collegiate level sports. Uh, you probably have them everywhere. I don't really know for sure, but I'm presuming. But the trick is with collegiate level sports, you're supposed to be an amateur, meaning you're not paid. You're allowed to get a full ride scholarship, meaning they'll pay for your tuition and your books and your housing, but no money. You're not allowed to make any money. In fact, there's a whole organization called the N, uh, NCAA, which is designed to make sure that no person actually benefits and makes money from the fact that they're playing collegiate sports. Now, the fact that the school makes a boat ton of money from a good program, and the in many cases, the football coach is, in fact, the highest paid state employee in that state um, for state-run programs up, you know, in the millions of dollars. They make more money than the governor, by the way. Isn't that interesting? Whatever. So the, the trick is that these people are amateurs, ostensibly. They're not paid. They are, you know, there's a transaction where they get a quote-unquote free education, meaning they have access to the education while they're playing. But as a football player, and I am, of course, speaking about American football, not European football, uh, which I like to call soccer sometimes, but that these people, if they're playing football and they're in a program that's any good, meaning they're trying to go to a bowl game or they're trying to rank nationally or what have you, um, that's a full-time job, right? 
training, practicing, weight rooms, uh, recovery times, medical issues, uh, travel to and from the game. If you're playing in many conferences, you're traveling uh, across much of the country, and the U.S. is not exactly what you call a small country, so that travel time is not inconsiderate. And how are they supposed to be able to take on a full-time load of classes? And that's obviously impossible, which is why most larger football programs have designated classes and designated programs and designated tutors and study areas specifically for their football teams so that they can kind of jam some level of education in it. Now, so when you say we should be paying these kids, and that's what they are, um, for, for, for getting hurt potentially and, and, and giving all their energy that drives so much revenue back to the, 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 the campus, the answer is, well, they're getting a free education. But are they? Is that education just as good as the one you went to when you didn't play football all day long? I wonder. But that's really neither here nor there. Except, well, whatever. It is kind of here and there. Anyway, the trick is if you're playing collegiate football for a top program, presumably you're playing because your hope is that you might play professionally. Why is that important? Well, <laughs> turns out they make a lot of money in the pros. You should know that by now. In any sport, whether it's uh, American football or non-American football, there's a lot of money to be had. If you're really good, you're a millionaire and not a problem. You look at LeBron and you look at uh, Ronaldo and you look at, uh, you know, they're playing people who are multi-multi-multi-millionaires, bordering on billionaires. These people are, there's a lot of money to be had in the world of professional sports. The thing is, if you are in a top program and you're getting a full-ride scholarship, it's still roughly a 1 out of 200 chance from that stage that you'll go pro. A, a vast majority of these kids who are giving their health and time and energy and passion to the school and the sport do not see it in returning, you know, in returning value because they don't go pro. They have a regular college degree just like you and me. Some of them get hurt. Some of them have concussions and, and brain injuries. Some of them break limbs. Some of them fracture vertebrae. Some of them, and frankly, every once in a and blue moon, it proves fatal. This happens. This is horrible. All for a 1 out of 200 chance of getting this full-time amazing job. Why on, am I talking about this? It's <laughs> a valid point. The reason I'm talking about this is because there's an interesting similarity between that crazy model and the world we live in today in terms of recruiting. You go out and you in-mail and call and email these random-ass people, and you're a complete and total stranger, and you say, hey, would you mind giving me your personal information, your references, your professional experience, your when you went to school, when you went to school, where you worked, when you worked, maybe even a couple of people who worked there with you so I can confirm that information. Sometimes I ask you for a larger set of your network. Sometimes I ask for your social security number. Why? So you can have a chance at getting a job. Now, in a world 12, 15 years ago, that made a little more sense than it does today. Back then, having a job on offer put you in control. Today, you are not in control. I, I hate to tell you. And it's not just a tech thing. It's not just a coder thing. I know plenty of people desperate to hire electri electricians and generator installations, installator installers and nurses and dentists desperate to hire these people. Everyone. There's no such thing as a talent glut anywhere. I think at this point, who who has who who <laughs> who has it easy to find those jobs? 
if you're if you're a recruiter, you are given nothing but hard roles to fill. I don't care if it's a business analyst. I don't care if it's a coder. I don't care if it's an accountant. I don't care if it's a salesperson. I don't care if it's entry level or senior level. Every role is hard to fill. We are desperate for talent at every conceivable opportunity. And yet, here we are. Desperate for talent, hat in hand, you know, Oliver style, please, sir, can I have an application? Um, and yet you demand all these things. You, a complete stranger to this person, demand this stuff. Why? For a one in a, what are your rates now? One in a hundred chance of, of getting a job? One in a 200 chance of getting a job? Sound familiar? You can't say anymore that the opportunity potentially to get a job is worth handing over all your personal data. One time when you were in control, that made some sense. It was a necessary evil. These days, uh uh-uh, not even close. If a candidate's any good, why on earth would they give you that for free? You know what I love? I love recruiters who ping me and say, hey, here's this opportunity. If you don't want it, can you send me three other people or five other people who might be interested in it? Oh, I'm sorry. Can I do your job for you? That's crazy. Why? I don't know you. I have no relationship with you. You are a complete stranger, and I'm just going to give you things. Really? Really? Just really? Come on. That's not how that works. We are living in a world of professional candidates where if they're any good at what they do, they don't do it for free. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should pay your applicants. <laughs> that seems like swinging the pendulum all the way on the other side to crazy town, and let's, let's not do that. What I am saying is that if I am any good at what I do, and I'm willing not just to give you my personal information, but to give you my time. What's my billable rate, by the way? Let's call it 100 bucks an hour. Let's say you bring me in. Let's say you have a couple of interviews. Let's say you have to fly me to your location. You've lost. I've lost a whole day. I have to kill a PTO day to fly to wherever you are, have interviews with a bunch of people, and you reject me? What did I get out of that? Zero. A chance at a job? Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't qualify anymore. What do I want in return? Not money. Obviously, you're going to pay for my flight, and you're going to pay for my travel. And if I'm in town, you're not going to pay for anything. But I need something in return. What do I need? I need feedback. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's right. I want feedback. I want to know why I didn't get that job. I want to know how the interview went. I want to know how I was perceived. I want to know why what I was showing off was not what you were looking for. I want to know what happened. None of this bullshit templated, it wasn't you, it's us. Uh, We found someone who was a better fit. None of this stuff. No, 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 no. I want valuable feedback, actionable, useful feedback. Why? Because that's what I'm charging you. I am a professional candidate, and I expect to get detailed information in return. I'm not giving you my time for free. You know, I had a, uh, an interview a couple moons ago, many moons ago, in fact. Um, this was a company that did nothing but recruited. This is a recruiting company, and they were looking for someone at a VP director level. And I had a number of interviews with them, and I spent a lot of time with them. And then for the final interview, they asked me to come in for three hours, interview with 16 different people, some on the phone, some in person, but they wanted me to start with a 45-minute presentation as to what I would do with their marketing because this was a marketing job. They wanted 
not just my time, but my work for free. And as a crazy person, I did it. And when they said no, I could not believe it. They didn't give me any valuable feedback. They took it all. They took my time. They took my energy. They took my knowledge. They took my personal information. They now know every place I've ever worked. They know all my bosses. They took all that stuff. They just took it and walked away. And that's supposed to be normal. And to which I would say to you, not anymore. Quick interruption. The goal here is to change the conversation around recruiting, hiring, and employer brand. The only way we can achieve that goal is with your help. And that is not with money, not with sponsorship. No, 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 no. It's to just simply share us and review us. Simple as that. Just review us wherever you get podcasts. Share us on social media. Say nice things about us or complain about us. That really is completely fair. Uh, That's all we really ask. That's all. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, let's get back to the show. You are desperate for talent? Well, guess what? Shoe has flipped. It's now you are not in charge. They're in charge. What do you need to give a candidate to make them see your opportunity is valuable? Well, don't give them a 1 in 200 shot of getting a job. Give them feedback. Give them something that helps them grow as a professional. That is what the game is. That is what the game is about to become. Frankly, I think if you're going to be comfortable giving feedback and you can work with your legal and HR teams, who are usually the ones who are terrified of giving feedback for fear that it becomes uh, evidence in some sort of discrimination case, and I get that the legal is complicated, and I get that no one wants to be sued, and I'm assuming that you work for a company that doesn't actually discriminate. I'm assuming you're not a bunch of jerks. I'm assuming you're all good people doing the best you can do with what you got. And they are not willfully and intentionally being a total jerk about it. I'm assuming that. In some cases, I'm wrong. <laughs> some of you might be jerks. I don't know. I haven't met you all. But if you assume that everybody here has the best intentions, go talk to your legal team. Go find out what qualifies as dangerous feedback. We're all working under this assumption that we're not allowed to give much feedback because legal won't let us or HR won't let us or me, we might get sued over it. We'll find out. Go get some, go get some, go get some information. Go write down. Take your last 10 second place finishers. Talk to the hiring managers and get a five minute feedback response. No bullshit answers. No blah, blah, blah. It's not you. It's us. It's a not a good fit. No. Tell us why. If it's not a good fit, tell us why. We were looking for someone a little more proactive. We were looking for someone a little more detail-oriented. We were looking for someone who had a little more leadership experience. We were looking for someone who was able to work by themselves without a lot of big team around them. Whatever it is, whatever it is, put it together. Take those 10 pieces of feedback or the feedback for those 10 people, bring it to legal and bring it to HR and say, okay, very simply, what part of this gets us sued? Go ahead. Take your time. I'll wait. Find out what really qualifies as dangerous feedback. Again, if you're doing nothing wrong, if you're not trying to discriminate against women or black people or Hispanics or gay people or disabled people or whatever, and frankly, I would assume most of you would be thrilled to have more of those people. I know some of you have uh, very full-fledged diversity projects on, on hand and would love to bring those people in. So the concept of discriminating against them is like, what? Why would you do that? You're so thrilled to have a black developer. Oh, my goodness. And a female black developer that. Woohoo! The concept of discrimination seems crazy, but that does happen, and I, am, I, I, I understand that. But I'm assuming you're not like that. What is the feedback you give, and where is the danger? 
Find out. Don't just put a blanket answer that feedback is dangerous and could get us sued. Uh-uh. It doesn't count anymore. Because in this day and age, as a candidate, I'm not giving it away for free anymore. Nope. And I'm not going to be the only one. Now, I'm not looking particularly, but whatever. I'm just saying, candidates of any quality have figured out, if I'm not getting feedback, what good was this to me? A 1 in 200 chance at a job? No. No thanks. It doesn't work that way. In fact, I would even start to advertise in the job, in the interview process, hey, look, I know this is not normally how people do this, but we hate how the interview process works and we don't give you templated responses. No matter what happens, we will have a conversation. We love you. We didn't love you. Whatever it is, you will have a conversation and we will provide some feedback so that you understand what's really going on. There is nothing worse than just getting a thanks but no thanks letter when you're like, I don't understand what I did. Did I have spinach in my teeth the whole time? I don't know. Did my breath smell? Did I take a shower? I think I told to took a shower. Did I stink? What happened? And most people walk out without any information. And that is not going to work anymore. The tweet I sent, uh, I mentioned where this all started was, uh, I had this thought that feedback is effectively the tax you pay for asking people for everything. And that's the truth. You ask them for so much time, energy, passion, information, resources, all that stuff. You have to give them something back in return. This is, nobody's doing that work for free. No one's giving that stuff away for free. The time for that is gone. Again, I don't care if you're looking for developers or engineers or architects or electricians. The time for that is gone. You give feedback now. And honestly, if you get on it now, now, you are going to have a huge advantage. Why? Well, you'll notice that Glassdoor has talked a lot about lately the interview process feedback that they're getting. I personally think, and this is purely speculative, um, anecdotal-based evidence, um, I think they're using it, that the, the interview feedback data, and they're weighing it more heavily in the process of giving you a total score. That's my guess. They keep talking about interview feedback as the thing, like they just invented it, even though it's been there for a while. But I think they're weighing it more heavily. You should definitely, right now, go into Glassdoor, whether you're paying for it or not, go and find out what your feedback is on your interviews and find out where people see you. Find out, see when you give a little positive feedback, how incredibly positive, what incredible impact that has on those ratings. See what happens when you say, thank you for applying and thank you for coming in. We really do appreciate your time. It's not going to work out, but let me tell you what we heard. And let me tell you why this didn't quite work out from the way we saw it. You want to maybe place that person later. You maybe want to take that second place finisher and find them a better job because they're sold on the brand and they're ready to go and you want to have another place for them. You had better give them feedback. If you burn them right now, they're never applying again. They will never pick up the phone. They will never pick up the phone when it says your company's name on it. They will never respond to the recruiters when they see your company name. Never. You want to burn those bridges? You think you have enough talent, a pool to just keep burning bridges like that? Uh, best of luck. The world has changed. The power has changed. And if you do not embrace this new change, if you do not start to give the feedback that people demand and are desperate for, they're going to find some other place to work. Simple as that. All right. Well, that's my time. And yeah, I think I was much more <laughs> streamlined this time than I was last time. So, okay, good choice to re-record. So thanks so much for listening. Always get a chance. If you get a chance, go ahead and drop a rating. We, we love those. I say we, again, as if it's a lot of voices in my head. It's not true. It's just me. Uh, do love it. I do appreciate it. 
share it with your professional friends and all that good stuff. So thanks so much for listening. Looking forward to next week. It's going to be a big one. Uh, I'll surely tweet details in advance so you know what's going on. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.